I don't remember what your word was. What was your word for 2021? You know, <laughs> present. <laughs> you shall, I wish everybody could have seen your face. It was a low bar. Just, just be here. Just show up for it. And I feel like I cleared that very low bar most, most of the time. I maybe like a C plus on it. I've, I just felt really beat up by 2020, mm-hmm. you know, and That's gentle. I mm-hmm. think that we started the year in a place that also made me feel pretty despondent. And so just continuing to show up was about all I could muster this year. But I do feel like I did that. I mean, I'm here. I made it through. <laughs> This is Sarah Stewart-Holland. And this is Beth Silvers. Thank you for joining us for Pantsuit Politics. Hello, everyone. Welcome to a very special week here at Pantsuit Politics. As we head into the holidays, we thought we'd do a little wrap-up. We're going to do the best of on Friday, but today we're going to revisit our political resolutions from the beginning of the year. It's always hard. It's hard to revisit those resolutions, Beth. It's a little bit painful, these retrospectives, (laughs) especially when you go back and listen and Uh think about everything that unfolded after you recorded something. This is the danger, though, of live reacting to things on the internet Yep, and leaving it there after the things have already, after life has moved on, but we're going to do it. Well, before we get to our political resolutions, please follow us on social media. We're probably going to be doing a little looking back there as well, asking to hear your wrap ups, what you're thinking about as the year comes to an end. So follow us on Instagram. We also have a Facebook Pantsuit Politics Gathering Place. Facebook is more your jam. And of course, we're on Twitter as well. Next up, revisiting our political resolutions. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. I hope you guys don't mind to time travel back with me about a year. I was in the process of resigning myself to the idea that part of middle age for me might mean that my hair was going to slowly turn to straw and fall out of my head. Drama aside, we all know that your hair and skin can sway your mood and impact your day in ways you can't underestimate. I have tried other custom beauty products and just found that they kind of make my hair worse. But ever since I switched to a custom hair routine with pros, I've noticed so many benefits. Healthier hair, yes, but beyond that too. I feel like I don't have to blow dry my hair anymore in order for it to look good because it's stronger, fuller, softer, and just looks nicer. Pros is made for people, not hair and skin types. Personalization is rooted in everything they do from their in-depth consultation to their made-to-order model. My custom shampoo and conditioner, for example, were formulated to improve the smoothness and volume of my hair. And I really see after months of using my custom formula and tweaking it with the review and refine tool for this season that I have nice looking hair all year long. Pros is so confident that you'll bring out your best hair and skin that they're offering an exclusive trial offer of 50% off your first subscription order at pros.com slash pantsuit. So 
go get your free consultation, then 50% off at pros.com slash pantsuit. That's P-R-O-S-E dot com slash pantsuit. Traditionally, financial planning advice is either only for those who are already wealthy or salespeople calling themselves financial advisors who say they'll give you free financial advice, but really just sell products to earn commissions. Fearless Finance takes a dramatic departure from either of those traditional models. Their entire business is built on making financial advice accessible and affordable because we know that financial literacy, stress reduction, and financial security are critical to overall well-being. I'm a little bit obsessed with Elizabeth, our Fearless Finance Advisor. I've had an array of advisors in the past who answered questions like, should we be spending less on this with evasive answers like, it depends on your priorities. Not Elizabeth. She answers with actually helpful guidelines. You're spending more than the average family of five, or I'd like to see this increase by 6%. Uh, thank you. This is Fearless Finance's mission, to make advice affordable and accessible. You meet with your planner virtually and they charge you by the hour. You only pay for the time you use down to a quarter hour. Their planners meet with you where you are on your financial journey, no judgment. Visit fearlessfinance.com today. You can chat with a planner for free to make sure it's a good fit and you'll get $50 off your first planning meeting when you use the code pantsuit. That's fearlessfinance.com and use code pantsuit for $50 off your first planning meeting. Beth, let's talk about your political resolutions and let's talk about that we issued these political resolutions pre-January 6th. I went back to listen and just realizing that right after we did this episode, January 6th happened, it made me feel very naive. And, you know, I had a lot of love for the pre-January 6th, Beth. Bless it. (laughs) I thought some of the things you said were very prescient. Like you were talking about you want to have less wishful thinking. Like you want to be really realistic about our institutions. And I don't know. I I think that, you know, even considering the massive shock of January 6th, I don't know. I I looked back over your political resolutions and thought, well, it seems fair. It seems fair. It seems like those were going to serve you well post-January 6th. Did they serve you well post-January 6th? Well, I think getting real about what can and cannot happen was probably a good prelude Mm -hmm, to January mm -hmm, 6th because mm -hmm. that was my top one that I wanted to stop adhering so tightly in my own mind to what I believe seemed possible. Like I can think because something seems right that it should just hold. Yeah. And it it doesn't always hold. And the pieces of it that hold, hold in a really fragile way. And I think that January 6th was a real stress test of, of that resolution for me and of lots of things in our government. And followed by that, I said that I wanted to really uphold the idea of representative government, that there are going to be lots of people with lots of perspectives and they are not alone. In theory, I think that ages well. I mean, we definitely are valuing our representative democracy even more post-January 6th. I think the problem is, as we learn more and more about the roles of our congressional members in the activities surrounding January 6th, how are you feeling that's a, probably that's a good question. Like, how are you, if we, if it comes out in 2022 that members of Congress participated, helped plan January 6th, how do you feel about them and their constituents? I think it's different questions for me in terms of how I feel about them versus their constituents. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because how I feel about their constituents will be 
decided at the ballot box, right? If, if, if it comes out that members of Congress were involved in planning January 6th and those members are reelected, ooh, that is tough. That's a tough moment for representative democracy. Because representative democracy in the context of our republic still presupposes that we all do value something together. Yeah. Not that it's just a pure counting contest. Right, that there are some fundamental agreements that we're all adhering to together. And we're getting like real bargain basement on what those <laughs> fundamental agreements no, might look sure. like. I'm not sure what they are. I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm struggling with some. I think there are some members of our country that if we sat down across the table and we were trying to like just come to the basic, I always go, I always lean on like, we want better for our kids. Everybody wants better for their kids, right? Surely we could agree on that. But better for our kids, meaning what? Right. Like, does that mean that we continue to have a functioning Congress and a peaceful transition of power, for example? I mean, we're, we're, we're struggling with some of those fundamentals. I think it has been important for me to, you know, Stephen Sondheim passed away recently and I love Into the Woods in a way that's difficult for me to describe. And I've been thinking a lot about the song, You Are Not Alone where he says, honor the mistakes everybody makes, one another's mm. terrible mistakes. That has helped me some this year, just remembering they're not alone in their view of things. I'm not alone in my view of things. There are lots of areas that we are just going to have to keep negotiating among ourselves. I don't want to go to a raw power struggle place. I think that's why I've struggled with some of the conversations about big pieces of legislation and Senator Manchin and Senator Sinema, uh, because I don't want to be in just accounting situation. I, I don't think that's good for us, but I do think that a peaceful transition of power ought to be a pretty baseline standard that we all agree on. And some of us don't. And some of us don't. Your other resolution was finding the best question that you can. How are you feeling like you're doing on that one? You know what? Pretty well. <laughs> You know what? I'm killing it. Thanks I for asking. I think I did okay on that one. I do feel like I have tried to look through new lenses this year. I have tried to really – I've spent a lot less time on Twitter. Oh, so hallelujah. I've really tried to not let other people and voices define the scope of the issue for me mm -hmm. and explore my own curiosity about something, my own sense of what matters about it. I think as a show, we've done a better job – choosing topics that we think matter instead of the topics that are sort of in the zeitgeist for the moment. You know what gives you a lot more space to explore not living in the middle of a five alarm fire all the time? Mm -hmm. That's true. Either on Twitter or not. So I think that's, I'm going to get into that with my resolutions, but I think that's part of it. It's just, there's just more space. There's just, there's more space, even in the middle of a pandemic, more space to ask questions, to think, to plan and be strategic and look bigger picture and, and think about five months, five years down the road, as opposed to the next five minutes. And I mean, I think with COVID, I have tried to stay very curious. Uh, now mm. there are going to be people who disagree with that because I have been in favor of people getting vaccinated, but I also hope that I have been pretty open-minded about even the efficacy of the vaccines for certain purposes and lengths of time. And I, I just want to ask good questions. My current question about the vaccine is like, what do we know about reinfection and long COVID? That's, I'm not, I'm delighted that I got it. I still think it's a miracle. I would just like more information about that, you know? So I, I am trying to stay in a really 
interrogative posture. How do you think I've done on that? Oh, no, I think you always ask good questions. I think, and I, I do, specifically the first one, I do feel like there's been a, a lot of growth of like, well, just because I, I see this as the right way to head, like, doesn't mean that that's available to us. I definitely think you've come a long way on that. I always felt sort of like in a more cynical posture than you because I've always been like, yeah, but it sounds great. It's never going to happen. <laughs> and I don't want to be cynical. And I think we've both bridged the gap between that of saying like, we don't want to be cynical. We're not going to cynicism, but you know, a big aspect of giving grace is just acknowledging the reality on the ground for different people, including yourself. Well, I think there's a time component to that. Yeah. What is available right now is not what is always available. Right. Because I want to keep the spirit of creativity, of recognizing that, no, that like this is our country or our community or our deal. And eventually there are things that I would like to see that are very different than what's happening today or that are a return to something that's maybe been lost Right now in the moment, what is needed or what's available, I'm, I'm trying to get more realistic about that. Well, and some of what we named in that political resolutions episode, like how quickly things can change, how quickly things can shift. I mean, hit, listen, we are sitting here in December and we have a generational infrastructure bill. Let us not forget what an incredible achievement that is, how amazing that is, how smart we were to do a summer series on infrastructure. Like, you know, I just... I, I think some of the stuff we named, like we want to be able to be open-minded and not get stuck in sort of generational outlook or a outlook based on our own life experiences, but just be open to possibilities. I think we've done that. Well, and I think if you had asked me in January what the economy would look like at this point in the year, I would have had a much more negative outlook than where we actually are. I mean, there are lots of things that have progressed beyond my imagination. Yeah. And so I want to keep some space for that. For and sure. I would not have thought that the oldest president in United States history would have gotten us into some of this, this new frontier. Tell you what. It's true. Definitely would have thought that in the primary of 2020. So how, how about you? Who knew? Who'd, who'd have thunk it? Who'd have thunk it? <laughs> Jim Clyburn, apparently. All right. Next up, we're going to talk about my resolutions. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot, maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. We use our phones for everything at this point, but did you know that you can use it for some sexy me time? Don't worry, your fantasies are safe with Dipsy. Just don't forget to use your headphones. Dipsy is an app full of hundreds of short, sexy audio stories designed by women for women. They bring scenarios to life with immersive soundscapes and realistic characters. Discover stories about second chance romances, adventurous vacation flings, and hot and heavy hookups. And there's a growing library, a fantasy series with vampires, Greek gods, and fairy smut to explore the bounds of your pleasure. New content is released every week. So in between listening to your favorite stories again and again, you can always find something new to explore. They also have soothing sleep stories, wellness sessions, and sexy written stories to read. Let Dipsy be your go-to place to spice up your me time. Explore your fantasies, relax and unwind, or even heat things up with a partner. For listeners of the show, Dipsy is offering an extended 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash pantsuit. That's 30 days of full access for free when you go to dipsystories.com slash pantsuit. 
dipsystories.com slash pantsuit. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. My son Oliver is almost two. The desire for more hours in the day has never been more real for me in my life. An extra hour for reading, for sleeping, for working, for playing, I could use any of it. A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. The question is, time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and to then make it a priority. Therapy can help you figure that out, help you find what matters to you so that you can do more of it. Just last week, my mom actually asked me about my experience with BetterHelp after hearing ads like this one for it. And I'm telling you what I told her. BetterHelp was the perfect solution for me in a time of my life when I had too many plates to juggle, but still very much needed to talk to someone about the experience of keeping all those plates in the air. BetterHelp made therapy easy and accessible right when those were qualities I needed most. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, suited to your schedule. You just fill out a very brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and then you can switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash pantsuit today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash pantsuit. Sarah, your first resolution from January was trying to separate Donald Trump, the person, from the consequences of Donald Trump, the president, and not turn from one because you're tired of the other. How do you think you've done? I think I did very well. I think you did too. Thank you so much for recognizing my growth in this area. I'm not, I'm still, listen, I still feel like I've continued to better understand Trump. I think I've better understood sort of how the administration was functioning this year. Like, I don't need to be curious about his personality. I think I've, I got a beat on it. Like, I, I get what's happening there. I get the motivation. But I think I've learned a lot throughout this year, just, you know, in the memoirs and the reporting and all this, like, about what was happening. I think we're only beginning to learn what happened around January 6th. But I think the administration overall, like, I think I have a better understanding of how he, how he fueled other people's decision making and what that meant. And I think I've like sort of faced the hard reality of that just because he's out of here doesn't mean that we're done dealing with the repercussions of his decision making while in office. I think we're we're going to continue to deal with that. Yeah, I, I think as much as I really wanted to, when we recorded that episode, just be like January 20th, we're done, done with Trump. I mean, the events of January 6th made that impossible, sadly. So, and I think it's going to be true for 2022 that the events of January 6th are going to keep us, going to keep him ever present. And I think, you know, his social media platform and the, whether or not he runs in 2024, like, I know we were all so ready. I can hear it in my voice when I go back and listen to that episode and just be done with him. But I think I've found the middle ground of like understanding he's still a reality, but not letting him absorb all the energy and steer the conversation. I think America's done a good, better job of that. I think the media has done a better job of that. I think so too. And at the same time, it is really hard to fully grasp how any president 
just changes the course of history. It sounds like such a trite thing when I say it like that. But down to, you know, we have this recent decision from a court saying, Biden administration, you cannot just change your mind about the remain in Mexico policy. Mm -hmm. We have a process and we have rules in place to make sure that we don't just swing wildly in policy from one administration to the next. The options around the withdrawal from Afghanistan were defined so significantly by negotiations that the Trump administration conducted. As critical as I have been of that operation, I also want to be understanding of how they weren't writing on a blank page mm-hmm. um, on any issue. COVID, I'm sure that if they had been writing on a blank page, we'd be in a very different place than we are with COVID. And I hope that seeing some of that helps us as we vote for new members of Congress to to just take it seriously. You know, I, I heard so many people in 2016 talk about kind of what could it hurt to try a really different person in the office of the presidency. And I think that what we know now is that it can hurt a lot. Yeah. And and maybe that doesn't mean we never try it again, but can we try it more mindful of how long lasting it is not just four years. Uh, And it is not just the things that you think about that are top of mind for you when you're voting that are going to be affected by the person who held that office and all of the people they hired and all the things all those people did that never hit your newspaper uh, or the cable program that you watch that are written in ink in in our history. Well, and I think now I just have to apply that same sort of principle to January 6th. Yeah. There's a real like momentum around like we made it. We did. We got through it. <laughs> can we can we stop talking about it now? Because it's just so scary. It's still really scary to think about how close we came. It's still really just scary to think that it could happen again. And so I just and it, and it's it's frustrating. And every time it comes up again, because the Republican Party just refuses to take it seriously or take responsibility for their role inside of it. But that doesn't change the fact that we still have to continue the investigation. We still have to, you know, ask the the questions and get to the bottom of it. No, no matter how painful the answers are and no matter what the, you know, people in leadership's reaction is to those answers. You know, I think there's a part of like, oh, my gosh, what if we get this investigation and there are no consequences? I think that's a real fear for me. Like, what if we find out that members of Congress plan to overthrow an election and then they stay members of Congress. It's just really hard to think about. Well, your second resolution was staying focused on what COVID has revealed, even though I want COVID to be over. I feel like there's a pattern here. Things that you're just tired of. I'm trying to integrate Uh, and not just trying to turn away. Trying to integrate. And how has that gone, you think? I mean, COVID, COVID's been a journey. (laughs) Understatement of the decade. I I mean, I think back to January and I think about, I think the hardest thing for me to look back on and think about with COVID is just how quickly I went from, of course, COVID protects you from infection to like breakthrough infections are reality. Like that was a really hard turn in the summer and it came quickly, I feel like. The the vaccines would protect you. Yeah, yeah. That we would go from like, I mean, I was passionate. Like, how dare you even talk about vaccinated people spreading COVID? And in fairness to my early 2021 self, I mean, that was true for like the original strain, right? It's just Delta changed the game. And I mean, 
I see that quickly. And I'm kind of proud of myself for like not doubling down. Like Delta was different. I accepted that Delta was different. And it, but it's just, it's, it's hard to realize like how quickly those changes came and like that more could be on the horizon. Although I do, I mean, I am hopeful. I'm feeling hopeful here in the, at the end of the year of our Lord 2021, even with Omicron, I feel like, you know, it is, I can't believe I'm gonna speak this out loud into a microphone for a recording on the internet, but I do feel like it's, it's likely that it'll be less severe and we're going to, and it's going to, you know, COVID's going to follow the same path of evolution that a lot of viruses do. And that eventually, you know, we'll be out of this, but just the impact, I think a lot about the impact on the public schools and how like, we're just going to be dealing with this for so, so long. And I still, you know, how I felt at the beginning of 2021 still holds true. I just feel like I really hope we take the lessons. I hope we make the changes. I hope we, we realize that we, you know, in the same way, it was finally time to invest in infrastructure. It's finally time to invest in our teachers and our public schools. And it's finally time to take the hard lessons that we learned and we'll continue to learn from COVID and, and put those lessons into practice. Our early conversations during the pandemic make me think about my less wishful thinking mm. resolution connected to your stay focused on what it's revealed resolution because I agree that I hope we take the lessons. I'm also coming to understand that our capacity to take those lessons and actually do things about them it's just going to take a lot longer than I ever imagined. And and it's probably more of a generational thing than a five-year plan. Yeah. Well, I will say this. I think a component of this was my resolution, my next resolution, which was my word for 2021, which might be my best word yet. I'm just going to be real with y'all. My word was gentle. I wore a bracelet that a listener generously made for us on my wrist um, until the threads wore off in about November, I had to stop wearing it. But it served me so well. The amount of gentleness I needed coming out of the Trump administration was enormous. And the amount of gentleness I needed toward like the public school system and my kids and my husband and our community and you and just... It's like, there's a little bit of me like, maybe we should just stick with gentle. Maybe gentle should just stay my word. It's not. We're going to announce our words next week. But gentle served me so so well and i feel like the big thing i realized is like coming out of the trump administration like not drink being in that five alarm fire all the time like there just was space for gentleness like the space felt gentle even in the midst of a pandemic even in the midst of some really difficult moments as a country like the afghanistan withdrawal it just felt like there was oxygen and space to to be gentle with myself and to think through some things and to make some changes and, and it just it, that word, mm, just feeling, feeling real good about my choice for the word. I don't remember what your word was. What was your word for 2021? You know, <laughs> present. <laughs> you shall, I wish everybody could have seen your face. It was a low bar. Just, just be here. <laughs> just show up for it. And I feel like I cleared that very low bar most, <laughs> most of the time. I mean, be like a C plus on it. I've, I just felt really beat up by 2020, mm-hmm. you know, and That's gentle. I mm-hmm. think that we started the year in a place that also made me feel pretty despondent. And so just continuing to show up was about all I could muster this year. But I do feel like I did that. I mean, I'm here. <laughs> I made it through. 
You know, I think that what presence has called me to this year has been kind of related to the last political resolution that we both set, which are pretty similar. Like I talked about valuing ideas more, being less inclined to critique immediately and more to just be glad people are brainstorming possibilities. And your last resolution was about deep work, which I think is similar in a lot of ways, like really getting to what's underneath our reactions because you know, most political commentary is by design, just thumbs up, thumbs down, and let's argue to the death about that. Yeah. And I really have wanted out of that cycle. I've had the hardest time doing that, I think, about matters of race and policing. And I think that what being present has called me to is just trying to recognize that as a kid, learning is linear right? You have a concept, you build on that concept. There is a hierarchy. It's like the multiplication table, right? You start with one, you end with the twelfths and everything builds that way. And I think what I've tried to learn and even observe about myself is I think about things that, that I didn't do a good job here on. You know, I think about some of our conversations about uh, the summer of 2020. And I think there are things that I missed that were real and important to people that I glossed over as I was kind of chasing the idea of being a good ally and a person Mm -hmm. who's thinking seriously about race. I think what I'm coming to understand is, and you know, this sounds obvious too, as I say it, but I feel it now that nothing in nature unfolds in that linear way that we set up education for kids. Yeah. It is all a constant ebb and flow, a revisiting, an introduction of something, the reaction of all the other things in that ecosystem to whatever has been introduced. And I feel like being present helps me just kind of look around and say, okay, well, there are a lot of voices on this topic and everybody thinks they've got it and they're ahead of the other voices in the hierarchy of things there are to learn. And I got to do a better job just existing in the ecosystem and taking all of that in without trying to feel like I'm climbing a ladder toward it. More just I'm I'm adapting, I'm learning, I'm understanding the effect on the environment and figuring out what effect I want to have on the environment with it. I hope you guys don't mind to time travel back with me about a year. I was in the process of resigning myself to the idea that part of middle age for me might mean that my hair was going to slowly turn to straw and fall out of my head. Drama aside, we all know that your hair and skin can sway your mood and impact your day in ways you can't underestimate. I have tried other custom beauty products and just found that they kind of made my hair worse. But ever since I switched to a custom hair routine with pros, I've noticed so many benefits. Healthier hair, yes, but beyond that too. I feel like I don't have to blow dry my hair anymore in order for it to look good because it's stronger, fuller, softer, and just looks nicer. Pros is made for people, not hair and skin types. Personalization is rooted in everything they do, from their in-depth consultation to their made-to-order model. My custom shampoo and conditioner, for example, were formulated to improve the smoothness and volume of my hair. And I really see, after months of using my custom formula and tweaking it with the review and refine tool for this season, that I have nice looking hair all year long. Pros is so confident that you'll bring out your best hair and skin that they're offering an exclusive trial offer of 50% off your first subscription order at pros.com slash pantsuit. So go get your free consultation, then 50% off at pros.com slash pantsuit. That's P 
P-R-O-S-E dot com slash pantsuit. Do you want a bra that's sexy or a bra that's comfortable? Traditionally, the advice would be pick one. But thanks to Third Love, you can have both. Third Love was started to take all the frustration, ugh, ugh, out of bra shopping. That's why they make solutions for every bra problem, a.k.a. bra Their bras make it easy to bring back perkiness you haven't seen since high school, get smoothing, you know where, and have straps that actually stay put. Designed at their headquarters in San Francisco and made from premium materials, they put every style through hours of wear testing on real women, including themselves, before it's given the stamp of boob approval. Comfort and support are guaranteed. Plus, whether you're a double A or an H cup, their virtual fitting room will help you find your perfect fit fast. They even invented half cups. No more feeling stuck between two cup sizes that don't fit. It's time to get your problems solved. Visit thirdlove.com and get $15 off your order with code PODCAST15. That's code PODCAST15. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. I feel like I've kind of learned a lot about that with the news environment this year because of the that's just the reality. The news is different under the Biden administration. It's not like there aren't big problems still in the world, but it's not the just constant emotional manipulation that was the Trump administration. And so I'd like, I've just kind of learned the ebbs and flow of the news. I've learned that like, if they're reporting on something that's about to happen, it means nothing happened. If we're talking about an upcoming summit or an upcoming trip or an upcoming trial or upcoming jury selection, y'all, it means nothing's happening that day. I've learned the tricks. You know what I mean? Like I've, I see the signs now. I'm like kind of like I can see the matrix. And it's nice. It's nice to realize like, oh, no, it's it's not a it's not a dumpster fire every day. It just isn't. That is the reality. There is good news. There is progress. There are problems being solved. That is the reality of not just the United States, but human existence. And so like being able to sort of take a step back and like sort of see the patterns and realize that I don't have to participate in the patterns and that I can and can use this sort of this moments and and the room breath oxygen available to me to like participate in a different way or to take that moment to ask a different question or to dig deeper on something like, God, it's just been so nice. And I think we have more in front of us in 2022. I really do. Like, I don't think it's not that I don't mean thing, hard things won't happen, hard things that could surprise us, but I hope that we still sort of keep going and and I do for better or for worse feel some trust being rebuilt. Like just we might not to the brick portion of the program yet. Like we're probably just like laying the sand that we're going to put the bricks on. <laughs> but I feel the weight of that sand. I feel the weight of some institutions changing and adapting and getting better and people's participation in the those institutions building just a 
the, the tiniest amount of trust. I, I really feel that. I'm glad. I don't know if I'm there yet. I think a lot will depend for me on what comes out of that January 6th investigation and what we do with it. And I don't mean that I have some kind of bloodlust about it. Like I, I don't I, think bloodlust is a word people would often apply to you, but yeah. Well, and and I I worry a little bit that right now we're in a space where because there was so little accountability for so long around so many topics, we want it in any form, mm-hmm. right? And I have no interest in participating in that. I don't want more people incarcerated for any reason. I, I don't. I just, I, I want, part of what I'm searching for right now in myself is a better construction of what justice means. But- I do want truth and acknowledgement, and I want political accountability. And so for me, I think I need less to to rebuild trust with like the executive branch, and I need more to rebuild trust with my fellow citizens that we are all aiming at something fundamental together. And and I really, we have an opportunity for that in 2022, and I, I hope that we'll take it. And I really want to resist the pull of political analysis that makes that just a numbers game where we're just predicting who's going to take the house and who's going to mm-hmm. be the speaker. And, you know, this is an R plus five district or whatever. I, I I want to come back from that in this space where we just get to be citizens and say, like, I'm looking around at my fellow citizens and I want to know how I can rebuild trust with you and how you can with me. Cause I think we need it right now. We look forward to rebuilding that trust with all of you. Slowly in our fellow citizens in 2022. We're going to share our best of on Friday. We have some episodes on goal setting and our political resolutions for 2022 coming up next week. So we can't wait to share that with all of you. And until Friday, keep it nuanced, y'all. Pantsuit Politics is produced by Studio D Podcast Production. Elise Knapp is our Managing Director. Maggie Penton is our Community Engagement Manager. Dante Lima is the composer and performer of our theme music. Our show is listener-supported. Special thanks to our executive producers. Martha Brunitsky. Allie Edwards. Janice Elliott. Sarah Greenup. Julie Haller. Helen Handley. Tiffany Hassler. Emily Holliday. Katie Johnson. Katina Zuganellis-Kasling. Barry Kaufman. Molly Kors. The Creeps. Lori Ladau. Lily McClure. Jared Minson. Emily Neasley. The Pettins. Tawny Peterson. Tracy Putoff. Sarah Ralph. Jeremy Sequoia. Katie Steigers. Karen True. Annika Uveline. Nick and Elisa Valelli. Amy Whited. Melinda Johnston. Ashley Thompson. Michelle Wood. Joshua Allen. Morgan McHugh. Nicole Berkless. Paula Bremer. And Tim Miller. Um. Oh my goodness! So frustrating. Sorry, Simeon. We're in a podcast studio for what it's worth, but I don't think the people above us know that. Um. <clears throat> so.